Glad you could join us for episode 79 of Fatalist. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, and uh, keeping our fingers crossed tonight, O's Mike Clinch. They're knocking on the door. I tell you what, man, they've been, I, I know from people outside Baltimore, you don't care, but this is super exciting. They haven't won the AL East since uh, 97, as Dave and I were just talking about. And uh, they've been just been playing awesome this whole month. I mean, they usually, the, the last couple the last couple of years, even though they've been good, they faded in September, and they've just been putting on the gas this month. It's awesome. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, But we won't digress too far. Now, we'd love to hear from you via email at fatalistpodcast at gmail.com or go to the website at fatalistpodbean.com leave a voicemail via the speak pipe tab or you can just record your own audio clip and send the mp3 as an attachment but tonight we're here to discuss season one episode four of james cameron's cyberpunk series dark angel starring jessica alba and michael weatherly before we get too far you came up with a great one for this week's do we care well, thank you dave i thought it was nice and we're going to talk briefly about damon lindelof's hbo series the leftovers and Again, it's it's spoilerish. So if you haven't seen it, it's, it's not just spoilerish. There's flat out spoilers. So if you haven't seen the season finale of Leftovers, and you think you might, uh, you know it. You know the drill. Yep. Do we care that the guilty remnant actually brought catharsis to Mapleton? And Wayne, I'll tell you the first thing I gotta say. What well, you know when I read this is I don't know that they brought catharsis. I mean, you think they did? I think they brought a little bit of catharsis. Um, when you see, like, it's just, I get this impression at the end when you see, like, people taking the fake doll bodies of their departed and putting them on the fire, like, had this big kind of bonfire of the vanities of all these, these real dolls. Um, it seemed like the people were kind of, you know, in a way, you know, kind of finally moving on a little bit. Um, Except for Nora. Yeah, well, you know, when I first saw Nora come down to the kitchen, I didn't know what to... I mean, it didn't occur to me that they were dummies at first. I I wasn't sure what they were because we have no idea what actually happened. What what do you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, we don't know what happened to the people that just disappeared. right, right. But you know, like, how the dummies got there, though. Well, oh, yeah, I know now, but I mean, when we first saw them, when Nora goes down and she sees them in her oh, kitchen. because we, we saw them putting them in there. They, they showed them. Uh, gosh, I don't remember yeah, them doing yeah, yeah. that. They showed the scene of them uh, taking, pulling, bringing the dolls in, and um, which you know, probably I feel like I should have seen coming now that I think about it. You know, God, I wonder if I like shut my, yeah. <laughs> my eyes for like a couple of minutes and missed that maybe, scene. Maybe, but it was still like super creepy right like i mean we we had seen the real dolls before um and nora had actually made out with that one in back in her episode remember so oh right oh um, right 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 but you know i mean whether it brings catharsis i mean I, I feel like look number one you and i talked about the song that ends the the show right nothing else matters right well that, that's actually the song that's playing when the guilty remnant is is pulling off the job okay and yeah, I mean, just really excellent. But you know, then at the end there, I mean, they should have had Talking Heads playing, right? Yeah, burning down burning the house. Down the house, right? Yeah, um, burning and, down the house. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's the Swedish chef singing Talking Heads, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, you see the town, and the town is just—you know—it's not just one or two houses. 
that are engulfed. It's like that whole street and you wonder to what extent the town is going to burn. And, and look, I, you know, maybe it is going to be, you know, like the Phoenix that, that they're going to rise out of the ashes and, and be able to rebuild, but something tells me no. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I, I don't know. I just kind of got a little bit of a feeling at the end there that now, obviously the, the methods of the guilty remnant, they, they are disgusting. They are absolutely this hateful group. Um, you know, you kind of hated them before and now you just completely despise them. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they are breaking into people. Yeah. So we see actually what they were up to because remember earlier in the year, uh, early the season, I should say, they broke into people's houses and took uh, photographs. Yeah, family and photos off the like, walls. And... Why the hell are they doing that? And now we know because you know they had a, a, a dossier of, like every single person that you know they wanted the photographs so they could order these dolls to put in their house. So I mean, th- this has been you know kind of planned out a you know long long time ago. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is just to watch Kevin's descent into, I mean, do you think it's fair to say his descent into madness? Um, well, it's, yeah, it's hard to say because what, what is that whole, yeah, we just don't even know like what his, his deal is, right? Yeah. Um, you know, on the one hand, he's kind of losing track of time and then he wakes up and he's somewhere completely, he doesn't know how he got to where he is and he's doing messed up things. He's bringing home dogs. He's sleeping with his daughter's friend. Maybe he's, yeah. you know, um, grabbing Patty and taking her out to a cabin and torturing her, you know, and then you know, the one scene in, in the finale where um, Matt is bringing them home. And he falls asleep and he wakes up and he's in the insane asylum. Well, I mean, not to mention that, that something happened to his father where his father ended up in the, you know, in right, the mental institution. Right, exactly. And then, you know, so we're like, oh my God, because we think Matt like really sent him to the, uh, to the insane asylum. But all of a sudden Patty shows up and he's like, yeah. wait a second, you're dead. I just, yeah. I just literally just buried you. And then she starts grinding on him, which was hard to watch a little disconcerting <laughs> and uh and, and then she's like so we're gonna be uh like i can't remember the word she is like traveling partners i think she said uh for yeah, a while i can't remember and um you know so yeah there's something really crazy going on with kevin but on the other hand you know remember he makes the wish because wayne uh he finds wayne in the bathroom shot yeah and Wayne says, you know, if just wish something and I'll see if I'm not a fraud or whatever. And, and Kevin thinks something and Wayne's face lights up like, oh, and he goes like, granted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely did guess that, that that would be his wish. That, that, to have like a family or the family. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 to yeah. Be, yeah. Absolutely. Right. So here he is. You know, Nora was about to leave, but she sees the baby that Tommy dropped off there. Wayne's baby. Um He's saved uh, Jill, and so yeah. I think he turns around, and or she turns around. Uh, Nora turns around after she she picks up the baby, turns around, and then the, there's Kevin and Jill. So here's a possibility of there being a somewhat maybe happy group of people, which would be a freaking first for this show, right? Yeah, right. I mean, is Jill going to leave the guilty remnant? I mean, obviously she just got there. And, uh, yeah, and just- I think for sure that she's she's done with that that crew. But then does his wife leave? I mean, she's seen all this, right? She saw Kevin 
run in to save their daughter. Yeah, I don't think she's leaving the guilty remnant because she's like in charge of it now. That's yeah, why I guess Laurie you're right. becomes much less sympathetic, you know, almost every time I see her. And I don't know. I just yeah. I just have a hard time with her, especially just this whole guilty remnant thing. They just they yeah. just seem like just such a, a, a hateful group. Um how anyone can be a part of that just is beyond me. So yeah. Well, listen, we, we could go on for quite a while talking about this. I, I think we both agree. And if you haven't seen The Leftovers, I mean, it's one show that I think we both felt it started strong and it was just a steamroller going downhill and it just picked up uh, momentum. And, and by the end, by the finale, it just, uh, uh, I mean, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many more questions. Uh, I'm glad they got a second season because there's just tons of stuff still that is out there. You know, I'm not sure they're really going to answer what happened with the department. As you had pointed out before, it's not called the departed. It's called the leftover. So it's about the people right. who are, are still there and uh, what happens with them. But yeah, it's really compelling television. You know, it can be quite depressing uh, often, but I think there's some solid characters in there that we really care about, you know, namely Kevin and Nora. You know, we really do care what, what happens with them. All right, well, listen, just a little bit in sci-fi news tonight, and really it's just some premiere dates uh, as we head into the fall season. And September 22nd, which is next Monday, I do believe, we've got Sleepy Hollow coming back. Uh, We have Gotham. Uh, We have Forever. Um, You know what? I mean, I've had Forever jotted down in my notes, and and we're watching TV tonight, and and my wife says, uh, you know, do you know about this show? It looks like it's time travel. It's for she was talking about forever. Do you are you familiar? Uh, I, you know, I was actually hoping that this is you would you would have this in the news tonight because I don't know when anything starts at all. I just knew I wanted to watch Gotham, but I'm so not up on like even what shows are going to be out there. Well, the idea of forever. Apparently, this guy is a uh, a, a medical examiner. You know, the guy does the autopsies and yep. all that, and apparently, he has lived for. Forever. Hundreds of hundreds. Yeah, right. Forever. So we don't know what, what the deal is. I mean, maybe. So he's a doctor. Right. So maybe it's out for there. For thousands of years. Yeah. So, uh, and then the other thing, September 22nd, is the Under the Dome finale for the season, which. No, not series. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But obviously that could come under uh, Do We Care? And the answer would be no. Absolutely not. Then Tuesday, September 23rd, we definitely care that Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. Yes, definitely. A uh, person of interest, which I don't watch, but uh, I mean, certainly I've heard many, many good things about it. You don't watch it either. No, right? I don't. My mom loves that show. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just a case of when that show came on, I just felt uh, too much on my television yeah, not enough time. plate as it was. And then. Probably, you know, all these shows I was watching have all been canceled, and Person of Interest is still chugging along. So, yeah, I mean, if we didn't have to work, it would be cool. Yeah. Um, right. Now, now the the thing I forgot to say about Forever, the Monday, September twenty second, it's a special sneak preview that then actually I, I assume it's the same pilot is going to air Tuesday the twenty third, and I assume Tuesday is going to be the uh, the regular night for the show. Then Sunday, September twenty second, Once Upon a Time returns resurrection returns and then october 2nd vampire diaries oh, so that got a resurrection yeah so that takes us into the beginning of october and you know a lot of good television out there and unfortunately we just don't have the time but don't have the time i gotta watch resurrection because that's like the one show that i watch with with my wife so 
All she right. can, she, so, you know, nail me down for at least an hour a week, you know. <laughs> and I'll let that one go. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, anyway, we're here to Dave, talk about Dark, I Dark am Angel. Shocked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, season one, episode four, which aired October 17th, 2000, entitled Flushed. And I guess I was trying to think about, you know, the meaning of the title. And we don't talk all that often about title meanings. And I'm wondering, you know, okay, obviously she's suffering withdrawal from you know you know not having her pills uh the tryptophan you know is it flushed like her skin or is is it that she's beginning to be flushed out into the open as Lydiger is getting ever so close yep close but darn it not close enough you know not close <laughs> enough um yeah, I think that second one. I actually hadn't thought about because I just oh, I thought about it very briefly and realized I I was like I have no idea why this is titled flush. But now you say that I'm like oh yeah that makes because she's totally getting flushed out in the open now for a little bit. Now the episode was directed by Terrence O'Hara who has done some Smallville and Dollhouse and written by Renee Echeverria who I I didn't really know and I looked looked him up. Well, between Deep Space Nine and Stargate, uh, Star Trek Next Generation, he's written nearly 40 episodes of those two shows. Wow. Yeah, so uh, Renee Echeverria and Charles Egley uh, wrote this episode. But the one thing before we get into the actual episode that, that I, I did run across, uh, and I was, you know, I guess too much time on my hands, but obviously we've seen uh, an actress that plays young Max uh, back at Project Manticore. Right. And the interesting thing, it's an actress named Geneva Locke, L-O-C-K-E. Mm-hmm. But in the credits for this episode, it was misspelled as Locker. So that, so that took me a few extra minutes to find, and, and I thought that was pretty weird. You imagine um, that. You're and, like a kid. like You're acting. You get acting gigs. You're all excited. And you're like, hey, check me out on TV. And they, like, your name comes up. It's like spelled Locker rather than Locke. Yeah, well, well, so excited. I guess she kind of got out of the business and, and currently attends the Sauter School of Business at the University of British Columbia in Vancouver. She is apparently also a rising Ultimate Frisbee star. Dude, are you like stalking her, man? Like, what's going Having on? competed in the 2006 World Junior Ultimate Championship as a member of Team Canada. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I thought that was pretty, then, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So All right, well, anyway, good. let's get- not fall into the traps of, of young fame. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get to the episode. And, and, you know, one of the, we try to look for some recurring themes that, that make themselves apparent. And the one that just kind of jumped out at me is, is almost like helping the helpless. And I guess what was interesting tonight is that for the most part, Max was as helpless as anybody. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then once she got better, um, you know, she, you know, the first thing she does is she, you know, helps out a helpless person. So, Right. I mean, we see, you know, obviously Logan helping Max, and that was a big part of this. Uh, you know, that guy that she meets in jail uh, obviously break. helps Max uh, break, right? Even Maria, when she first gets placed with the warden, uh, Maria helps Max because she's still out of it at that point. Max initially tries to help Maria, but she's she's still too weak at that point, right, when the uh, when the warden comes in. Yeah, she does one of those, oh, it knocks over the, the vase and everything, so. Right. And all through this, you know, Max is flashing back to Lucy, who, you know, at first I thought it was somebody at Project Manticore, but it looks like it was after the escape when she was in foster care. Yeah, it's totally after the escape. 
Right, and that it was her, I guess, foster sister right. who was who was being sexually abused by, uh, you know, their foster father, and, and she regrets not helping her, and, and and she brings out the reason why. Do you remember? Um, didn't, well, well, she says that all their training right, was to, you know, to run away, right? Right, it, it, unless it was part of the plan, then run away. And this was not part of the plan, so she did what she'd been trained to do. But now, obviously, you know she feels you know a certain amount of guilt about it. Now, one one thing I'm really about, I'd say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, one thing I'm really loving is just the setting, and 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 I guess Chinatown. I mean, certainly that's that's I think what they want us to think. But just the you wonder what's it like outside because this is really you know the 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 post-apocalyptic dystopic you know city that we see in so many movies and then one of the questions like we asked last week about you know why do they have the checkpoints and we, we kind of agreed that it's not to keep people from getting in it's to keep these people from getting out so you know is it maybe not so bad outside or is it worse or is it worse? Right. That's, that's, uh, I mean, I'm guessing at some point we will find out one way or another, but, uh, we see Max in Chinatown buying tryptophan from this Asian woman who tells her it's becoming more difficult to get. And the, and the interesting thing, like the woman says, you're like a junkie. It's like, and, and all this is, is a food supplement, but we learn right. she, you just get Turkey down the street, right? Well, I mean, exactly. And, and, uh, you know, she gets the milk when she's in jail, but she gets these uh, seizures when her serotonin levels get low and, you know, she perceives herself. And I think, again, this is a big part of the episode that she perceives herself as a defect. And we don't really know whether she's a defect or if they're all like that. I mean, in that one flashback, we do see another kid have seizures, right? Uh, yes, right. So, Unless it's her, it's not her, right. She's she's standing up in line still. It's hard to tell. I put this in my right. notes. Like these kids, like a lot of them, because their heads are all shaved and they're all kids and they're all the same size. So it's kind of difficult to tell one from the other. Well, you see the one, like you said, it looked like Max was kind of you know wavering in line there, but then the one kid you know passed out, and then the next thing you know, we hear you know he's on a a, a gurney. And you hear like a circular saw, right? And I guess I guess the kid's dead, and they're going to do a quick autopsy or quick experiment or whatever. Also, in the opening scene, you know, Logan pages her, and you know she shows up, and he's got this candlelight dinner. But you know, obviously, at this point, she's really not feeling well. Lies on the couch, and you know, it's like now they're they're kind of really establishing this. Look, we knew he liked her. I, I think for her, it, it, if she ever ends up reciprocating, I think it's going to be a while because clearly she's got major trust issues. Yeah, well, that and which is you know uh, more than slightly understandable, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you know, like she tells him, even she feels like there's a design flaw in her brain chemistry. Um, in fact, she she says she she's a lemon. Again, it's just so odd that that somebody with her skill set with her intelligence you know has this little self-esteem yeah but i mean do we not see that in like real life all the time you know like you see there's this guy or this girl and they have everything going from they're super smart they're attractive they're athletic they're, they're all this going for them but they always like they they 
get in relationships with people who are just terrible for him or they just have, you know, they just have this really low self-esteem and it's like blows your mind. Like, how is that possible? You know? And, yeah. and you know, it just, I think, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't say where it stems from, but you know, it, it, but it happens. Right. So you're absolutely right here. We got this girl who's, who's smart, tough, beautiful, the whole works and uh and she feels like she's broken and that she's you know just messed up beyond repair yeah and you know you'll wonder what she was like you know a few years ago because um you know you know we see she's got this little core of friends that you know i i think make her feel safe to a certain degree but you know i think what we're seeing now is that she's establishing this safe haven with uh gosh i almost called him tony from uh that's his, that's his character in NCIS with Logan. And, you know, I think it's going to be a totally different atmosphere. Now, like we said, we learn a little bit more of her background. Uh, the, they're, they're talking about where they were when the pulse hit. And like, like she tells him that uh, she was in foster care. And I, and I like her line that uh, global chaos seemed as good a reason as any to bail on a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. It is actually. I think that's 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 a that's a pass card you get. Global chaos, but you know, like we said, you know, now she's still carrying around that guilt for leaving Lucy behind, and uh, you know, who knows what happened to her. Now, you know, a lot of this episode, I guess, centered around Max and her dependence on tryptophan, and I don't know that we're ever going to see a solution to that. Uh, you know, is there something that, you know, obviously Mac can't, Max can't just go into a hospital, you know, ask for something to be done, even though Logan probably has the money to, f- to fund it. Yeah. It seems like he's got kind of a connection here too, that Logan probably uh, hook her. I mean, they can't, they can't have her every week freaking out because she doesn't have her trip to fend right she she's the, the, like for narrative purposes she needs to stay supply of that because the audience would be like every freaking week man she's like trying to get trip to fend it's like this is the worst show ever so they got to take that right. off the table so she can operate as a normal hero uh, you know and uh, so i think i don't think we're really going to see this i mean i think we'll just assume that through uh, logan's buddy the cop that they'll be able to get a stay supply of the of the trip to fend and uh they won't have to worry about it. You know, but we see right away she steals the money. So it looks like Kendra, what Kendra must do is be in charge of collecting money to make the payoffs, uh, you know, to uh, Walter. Max steals it to buy the tryptophan. Uh, of course, Kendra thinks somebody else stole the money. And, you know, we see big dramatic personality shift. And, and that's our first clue that something is really wrong. And like you said, I, I think this probably is the last that we've seen of it, but it, it but it also seems like it's the first, you know, that Kendra and original Cindy have seen of it also. Right. Cause they think, Oh, she's, she's a junkie now, you know, like all of a sudden, but you think Kendra must've gotten some notion. I mean, she's her roommate. The, the other thing I like, you know, that, that, and we've talked about this before that uh, Max has no problem committing crime when it hurts people. She perceives to be bad guys. So let's do just a brief roll call of basically what I'd like to call the effed up stuff she's done in the show thus far. And we're not even like 20 minutes in. So she stole the rent from all the people who really probably can't afford it. Um, she stole a car. Then she just stole it right off. This t- <laughs> just walked in and took it. Uh, she threatened yep. a street vendor. Uh, she stole from the hospital. 
she punched an orderly, though the orderly did call her a junkie skis. So, you yes. know, he kind of deserved that. And then she got arrested. And that's like you said, all in the first 20 minutes. Yeah. Now, now I guess to be fair, she did steal the car from the local mobster who was going to like stick that one poor guy's hand in boiling oil. But, uh, I don't think that's why she stole it. And at first, at first I thought that was why, but, but clearly it wasn't. Yeah, no, she could care less about that. She wanted to steal the car so she could go, you know, sell it. Right. Now, what, the other thing I didn't get was she goes in the hospital. She's got the big bottle of tryptophan. Why didn't she just steal some other drugs to sell on the street? I mean, that mm, yeah, seems but, to be. Except that we would think less of her as a character. She did that, you know. Yeah, I guess, I guess, of course, I just listened to the big list of stuff that you read off, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, as you no, said, most of that stuff we can kind of like, you know, explain away, right? All right, well, no money to pay Walter. Um, he calls in the troops and has everybody evicted. And, you know, one thing I guess I, I noticed in this scene, and, and, and it wasn't any different from the first couple of episodes we watched, but, you know, the police are fairly heavily armored, um, you know, and I mean, their, their weaponry, uh, you know, the shotguns or automatic rifles or whatever it is they're carrying don't seem abnormal, but they seem to be wearing a lot of armor. So I don't know if that's going to come into play that, that there's a lot of street violence, maybe that they're, Oh yeah. Um, I think clearly that's what they're, they're saying with how, you know, how armored the police are that, yeah, definitely. But the other thing that struck me as the people were being herded out, uh, one of them, it might've even been original Cindy, although I don't think it was asked about, uh, their stuff. And, you know, just, I guess it just speaks to how resilient these people must be because this is, you know, they're not freaking out. You know, they're talking about, would you have a place to stay? And I'll probably stay here. And even though they know they're going to have to start over from scratch, but yeah, well, you know, they're still, even though they, they're in an apartment complex, whatever, you know, they're still living rough. You know, they're still yeah. living by their, their wits. Well, we see Max get arrested. She's taken to the police station. You know, first thing we think, okay, fine. She punches that one orderly and we figure, okay, this is going to be a piece of cake. She'll run down the hall. But obviously she's so weak, you know, she can't take them out. And it take you know, only two of them are needed to subdue her. Uh, we see her get mugshot taken fingerprints taken and you know i'm wondering whether or not this is her first arrest which seems kind of unlikely but you know now she's in the system so we're assuming if she'd been arrested before she'd be in the system and then if she was in the system why wouldn't leidegger have been able to find her yeah exactly like you know why does it take him so long but um you know i yeah i mean obviously she's not in the system under her own name right yeah. So well, of course, of course they, they take her the the facial recognition software that they have nowadays. Now, now the guy she meets in jail was awesome. Uh, Break. He, uh, I guess, he runs some sort of little secondhand shop or something. He takes her under his wing. This is not the first time he's been in jail, and you know he seems like he's just one of these guys that's uh you know anti-government. He puts some kind of poster. I forget. He he says what it is, but I don't remember in his shop window and gets arrested and he, you know, he knows he's getting out. He's takes her under his wing, uh, gets her some milk, although it was goat milk. <laughs> hey, it's milk. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, contains tryptophan, you know, meanwhile, Logan's going to the delivery depot to find out what happened, calls in some favors, but look, I don't know about you, but normal is starting to get to me. You know, it's like, I mean, <laughs> 
<laughs> but he's still he's he's funny. You know. I get I guess, yeah. He's, yeah. he's such a, a jerk in the tool, but it's like funny, you know. He's just starting to get to me a little yeah, bit. I'm, so. I'm with you there. I, I I got you. You know, he, he's he's definitely annoying. But I, I it's uh like with uh, annoying people I meet in real life. I I choose to be amused by them. Otherwise, you know, like uh, I want to kill right. him. All right. Well, a good part of the episode also revolves around Logan trying to figure out what's happened to Max and then get involved because so so really we don't. You know, it's all really one storyline. And, you know, he's got the detective friend who I, I guess those are the actual pills she took. So he gets them out of evidence. So now um, and I'm sure Logan will go into his computer and wipe, you know, all traces of her ever being arrested right. since he was able to do that last episode. Arrests original Cindy for solicitation so she can get inside. Uh, I think it's called Langford Prison and find out what happened to Max. And, and obviously the hat was, you know, the ticket to you know, her connecting with break. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. And I actually, you know, I think we were talking about this before and as I'm watching, it's like killing me. Like I know I've seen this guy before. I just couldn't figure it out. And, uh, so I, you know, I, I am the beat him. And, uh, did you ever watch ER like at any point? Nah, not really. Okay. So he's like one of the original cast members of ER. He played this guy, Jerry, who was like a receptionist, I think. Um, and that's totally it. Like the minute I saw, I'm like, yes, Jerry, ER, you know, because I, you know, stopped watching ER. I think pretty much right after. Uh, I think I think the last episode I watched was when Julia and Margulis left. I think I stayed on for like one more year after George Clooney left and everything. So, oh, okay. Uh, um, but yeah, he was totally on ER for like a long time. So that was that was cool to see that. Well, Max gets taken to the warden's house where she meets another girl who's also a prisoner. And you know uh, this this girl Maria uh, tells her she was Maria, in jail with her mother. Right. Okay, so she's in jail with her mom. Her mom was killed in a prison riot, and now she lives with the warden and his wife. And we're starting. You know, we're almost gonna think, well, that's nice. But now with you here, maybe the warden. And and we know, and Max knows exactly what this girl's saying. You know, with you here, maybe he won't sexually abuse me, right? And you, you see, like that kind of that flashing back and forth. I mean, she's Max is really weak, um, and kind of freaking out. But you know, she's making those connections, and they 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 set it up with the shots. Almost uh, the actors blocking in the same positions and everything almost shot for shot from her past with Lucy to now her present with Maria. Yeah. And it, it seems a bit, you know, like for us, we're not sure momentarily what's real and what's, you know, a flashback. And it's, it's that, I guess, cause we're seeing it through Max's eyes. And, and as she's, you know, in this weakened state, you know, she's not sure either. Now, Cindy's got the pills for Max. And of course, break helps her track her down. Uh, Cindy gets assigned. What's he say? Uh, do you do windows? I mean, I, I, I'm not sure exactly what that had to do with anything. Cause I think the warden was looking for more attractive girls, not somebody to, uh, do chores. But I, I think uh, maybe that was the pretense. They got her in like, as you know, like I guess. she's on a window washing detail or something. Like right. That. So if we were doing, if we were doing nitpicks, uh, we'd probably nitpick that, uh, you know, that was a little too that easy. Would, yeah. It'd be right up front. Yeah. Right. But, but well, we'll let that one go. So she's got the, uh, 
the pills for Max, who's now feeling a little bit stronger. Uh, he breaks them out in the warden's car. All right, you know, b- before you go any further, because I, ha- I just have to say this. I got to claim this. Okay. As I'm watching this, and, um, you know, she, like, grabs the warden by the neck and everything. I'm like, I, I literally wrote in my notes saying, oh, she got her spinach. You know, because that's yeah. like Popeye. Popeye would always be, like, on the verge of getting his ass beat by uh by blue though and then all of a sudden he eats spinach and then like bam he's like da, 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 and he like kick the crap out of blue and like spin it around and throw him off in the space or something and then she said that right after she said i just had my spinach i was like dude i i, I totally called that right and what i always say to my wife it's like i wrote this episode yeah exactly so, i could have uh, right now you also mentioned when we were talking uh before about she's just like barely like a half a step ahead of Leidegger. Right. Yeah. So if we were playing again, drink, right. For playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, again, I, I I like the way they set up the episode that we don't really see Leidegger until like the last eight or eight or nine minutes. Right. And then then, very briefly. Well, yeah, but you know, with, with a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of impact, you know, he brings his stormtroopers into the jail and at first, you know, the warden's like, you know, hey, this is my jail or my prisoner. It's like, well, whatever, you know, whatever pull Leidegger has, I mean, well, hell, he doesn't even need pull. He's got, yeah. But you, but know, you think, outs- like, maybe if he were just a little more subtle about it, like, if he would just be cool instead of just bursting in with guns blazing, he wouldn't, like, totally trip off uh, Max every single time, right? Well, yeah, and it's almost like, you know, hey, one law enforcement officer to another, dude, can you help me out? You know, I hate to use the trite phrase, more bees with honey, but yeah, like you said, if he'd just be a little more low-key, but mainly he wouldn't tip off Max, like you said. Yeah, but you know, but every time it just comes blazing in there, get out of my way, shooting up guns, like, you know, it's just like from... You know, miles away, like, oh, there's Leidiger again, shooting off right. his guns. And, and, and just, you know, minutes before Leidiger, you know, gets on the computer, gets the, the guy to start looking up, Logan has erased all all traces of Max ever being there, like we said. Uh, but, again, I think one of my favorite scenes, and, again, I did, on my rewatch, uh, obviously I, I knew what was coming, but when Kendra's making the payment to Walter, who then extorts even more money out of her so that they can move back in. And then we find out at the end, Logan was filming the whole thing. Right. And then as his eyes only, and we assume it was just directed just to Walter's it, TV. Yeah, it was just, the whole yeah, it totally was just directed to Walter. And tells him that his days extorting money from the squatters are over. So did you see what Walter was watching? Uh, well, it was like uh, Australian rules yeah, football he's or something. Freaking Australian rules football. He's <laughs> yeah. yelling at the TV. Like, what American cares for Australian rules football enough to yell at the TV? Right? Is, yeah, good point. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad sport. It seems like a pretty awesome sport. It's just like you know, I don't like Walter. Doesn't seem like a guy to be. I, I, like, I don't even think he has cable. So they show Australian rules TV on just normal television in in the future. I don't know if that's yeah. the future I want to be part of, Dave. <laughs> you know what the officials look like, right? The referees or whatever they're called? I, no, I don't know. Of course, now I'm giving away the fact that I used to watch Australian football to the to the point that I actually rode away to the league and they sent me stuff. They did? Yeah. No way. The, the, uh, the referees wear long white lab coats. They wear oh, white. Oh, fe- yes. They wear... 
they wear white fedoras <laughs> and, and they each and they have two flags right yeah yeah, yeah. i think cool. that's kind of cool though actually but but yeah that's weird so anyway so obviously leidiger is hot on the trail you know he he i, I guess we know yeah yeah of course he i mean he knows it's max i mean obviously uh, the PI just tells him it's a girl with a barcode is in Langford, but but obviously he knows because of uh, her, you know, going to the woman's house that it is likely Max. You know, I, I guess next episode and 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 I I hope it every episode isn't her being one step ahead of Lidiger. Well, if they made a drinking game out of it, Dave, yes, it would indicate to me that, that happens often. <laughs> Yeah, and Bradley did kind of imply that that <laughs> that might be the path we're going yeah, down. That's what I'm saying. Brad Brad definitely seemed that uh that, that that happens a lot, yeah. But at the end then who who tells her you were much sweeter when you weren't feeling well? Uh Logan, I think, right? Was, or or is it Cindy? Oh yeah, no. because they have that moment uh where right. like, you know, uh, Cindy and Kendra both like, you know, you can tell us and then she does tell them and they're like yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then her reply, the bitch is back. Yeah, that was good. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, w- you I, w- know, I, would, I would sing the song in that, but that, that's the only bit of the Elton John song that I know. So, really good episode. I mean, it, it's, I, I was thinking on the one hand that, that, you know, I, I think a lot of people would be put off by, the look of the show and by and by that i mean look i understand i mean i love high definition as much as anybody but uh, you know when you look at these shows i mean gosh go back and look at early seasons of the x files and from a production standpoint you know it's it's sometimes difficult to watch because they're so lo-fi compared to what we're used to these days yeah but, like, there, yeah there is something to that but uh yeah. i think the other yeah, but you have to get you have to get past it. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because let's say you go back like 10, 15 years and your average teenager would be like, oh, black and white film. No, oh, gross. That's old. I don't want to watch that. And I was like, ah, oh, this is not in high def. What? No, I don't want to watch this old stuff, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, so uh, anything else you want to mention about this one? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. That's uh, pretty much covered it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're both in agreement that we're liking this a lot. Hey, it's a long season. You know, it's, uh, I believe, one of them, I forget w- whether season one's 21. One of them's 21, the other one's 22. I forget which is which. But, uh, yeah, I do like the, the, her, like, gradual evolution as a hero, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, Logan, right from the start, is trying to get her to buy in and, like, care about other people and help out those who can't help themselves. And right. she was like, no, no, thank you. But then grudgingly does it, grudgingly does it again. And this time now, you know, it, it's it's not so much grudging. She decides I'm going to save this girl, right? Right. Um, and, and and you wonder how much of it is, you know, being transported back to the foster home. And again, like we said, that, that she could have helped and didn't. Right. But then again, she was what, 10 years old? Right, but that that kind of guilt never leaves you, right? And she thinks, right. you know, I should have done something, I should have helped out somehow, even though I was probably too powerless. I didn't have, you know, wouldn't have been able to pull it off. But that the guilt is something that it's not like rational, right? Like most a lot of times, right. guilt is just something you you put on yourself, 
and you can never get rid of it. And right. now, justified or no. Yep. Now I'm going to say something that I know is going to totally shock you. All right. Let's hear it. That I really hope she and Logan do not get together. I, I honestly am shocked that you said that. I, I know. I know. And because I think, I think it would really be interesting to watch her. You know, you mentioned about the catharsis with uh, the leftovers. For her, look, she's going to need somebody to talk out her past and, and and look we know she's not going to go to a a psychologist or a psychiatrist so i you know but really you know just that scene of her now having that safe haven you know crashing on logan's couch him you know just stroking her head as as a friend would do uh as almost a father figure would do um, and, and I, I think that would really be a great way to go with this show is that you know it's him that that really helps her heal and, and not as a lover, but as a friend. Right. I, I, I Hopefully, they, you're right, that if they decide to go there down in the future, that they do it slowly. Um, because, yeah, I, I agree that they're much better off as friends. But um, there's something there. You know, like people twice uh, during the show, people have said, you really care for this girl. And the second time, it's like, why does everyone keep saying that? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, yep. you know, he, he does care for her, but they're also, you're right, as we saw in, like, the first episode where we think it's, like, this, you know, romantic thing happening uh, when he's, like, stroking the back of her neck. And really, he's just moving her hair away so he can see her, the barcode. Right. So his yep. his main, you know, uh, responsibility is always going to be to society. He's you know, one of those guys that would never get in a relationship because he's always worried about other people more than himself and stuff like that, you know? Right. And, and like you said, I think a, a lot of his quest is going to be to get her to buy into helping others and, and not just worrying about yourself. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, we're glad you could join us tonight. And if you'd like to send some feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Emails to fatalistpodcast at gmail.com or voicemails via SpeakPipe, which you can access through the fatalist website. We'll be back next week to talk about Dark Angel Episode 5 titled, and this is, uh, I would say, an homage to S.H.I.E.L.D., but S.H.I.E.L.D. is probably an homage to this. But yeah, it's, you think? <laughs> C-R-E-A-M, <laughs> with periods in between, cream, cash rules everything around me. So, until next week. Yo, Dave. I always knew that under that bioengineered military issue armor plane that there was a beating heart. Inside